And we're back with another episode of the Pastor Patrick Podcast. Can't wait to get into it today. Baker Mayfield on the Carolina Panthers. Oh, that quarterback room, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Matt Corral. That is a full, and I mean full, quarterback room. Can't wait to get into that, talk a little NBA. KD wants out of Brooklyn. And, you know, we're going to start with KD wanting out of Brooklyn because that's probably the most uh, major storyline that's come out uh, this past uh, couple weeks in the NBA is where some of these guys going to land, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Uh, it's, it's a good question. But I will remind you that there is a scenario in which Kevin Durant doesn't move at all where the Brooklyn Nets say they can't find a trade partner, and Kevin, you're stuck with us. Now, do I think that's, you know, likely? No. Uh, for, the, for the main fact of once a player uh, asks for a trade uh, from an organization, there's really not much more that could make that situation work. You, you'd be smart to move um, uh, the player and get what assets you can. That, that's been the trend. If a player's disgruntled, just move him, don't stick it out, don't make a big deal about it. That's pretty much what the, the motto has been for teams with this uh, kind of situation. You, you got to get this guy out of the building before it starts to affect uh, everyone in the building. So do I think he'd stay with Brooklyn? No. Now, they want a King's Ransom for him. They definitely want a King's Ransom. Uh, Minnesota, they sent, there was a five-player trade and five picks to Utah. Uh, the Timberwolves, I'm going to read you this trade, and you can you can ask yourself if this is a uh, great trade or not. The Timberwolves receive Rudy Gobert. The Jazz receive Malik uh, Baisley, Patrick Beverly, Lindro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, number 22 pick in the 2022 draft. Jared Vanderbilt, 2023 first round pick, 2025 first round pick, 2026 pick swap, 2027 first round pick, and 2029 first round pick. All for Rudy Gobert, not Kevin Durant. So what that has done is that is going to set the tone for whatever deal would be coming for Kevin Durant. You know, it's been reported that the Nets want two All-Stars, multiple first-round picks, um, everything you could have, pretty much. <laughs> if whoever wants, whoever wants KD, they know what the price tag is, is pretty much what the, the Brooklyn Nets are sending the message to everyone. Hey, you saw the, the price that the Timberwolves paid. Double that. <laughs> then apparently there's a report that the Nets asked the Wolves for Cat, Ant, and four first-rounders for Kevin Durant. That is stupid. Kevin Durant is 34 years old. I believe he's 34 years of age this year. Two, or he's 33 this year, excuse me, but I, I think he turns 34. To give up that much capital for that old of a player, look, I like Kevin Durant, but I don't love Kevin Durant. I like his game, makes tough shots, but he's, let, let's be real, he's not LeBron, <laughs> you know? He's not some of these guys, I, I wouldn't give up 
I, I wouldn't even trade Kawhi for him. I wouldn't trade Anthony Davis because if the Lakers have Anthony Davis, that's defense for them. You get KD. Uh, you can't move AD for him. You know, Portland's not going to give up Dame Lillard. The, the, the package that the Nets are looking for, I don't believe is a package that exists, honestly. I think that's that 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 doesn't exist. Two two all stars for and four first round picks. I don't think that package exists anywhere. I mean, you could maybe make the argument that uh, the the Boston Celtics have a lot to offer, and that's true. But by giving up what the Boston Celtics have, they in turn give up their depth. You know, and I know they added a, a key player in Bogdanovich. I think this uh, off season. And so that's going to help them, but you can't afford to give up that much of your depth and team for one player who is, let's be honest, he's 34. He's been injured. I don't believe he's the same player. I just don't. Uh, there are reports he was going to go to the Warriors. Obviously, that's not going to happen. He, he had his list of teams that he wants to go to, and you know, it rounds out with Miami, Phoenix, Mavericks. But again, those are his teams. They're not the teams that'll necessarily benefit the Brooklyn Nets. And so, you know, there, there's some players I wouldn't trade uh, <laughs> trade for KD. Um, if you're the Bucks, you can't give up Giannis. You just can't. He's off the table. If you're Mavericks, Luka's off the table. Golden State, Steph's off the table. 76ers, why would you give up Embiid? Um, he's been playing better and better and better. Jokic for the Denver Nuggets, the former MVP, nope. Uh, Tatum, nah. Ja, no. Zion, no. Anthony Edwards, uh, his game has improved so much, I believe you can't give up Anthony Edwards. Uh, and then for Cleveland, there's Mobley, but he's he's improved. You, you can't trade him. He's a, He's got a good future. So th- there's some te- there's some players that all in all you you just can't move and I know that the the Brooklyn Nets want one of those players for him. But look at the history, look at the resume for the past few years. Granted Kevin was hurt that first year so you can't blame him for that, but then the you know, the two years they did nothing. They did nothing. Kyrie wasn't there. Um Kevin Durant couldn't step up. He just couldn't. I don't know why it's so hard for people to grasp this. Some people are leaders, and some people are not. And Kevin Durant cannot. He he is not a leader. Uh, if if you're a leader, you grab Kyrie and you say you need to get the vaccine, or we are not going to win a championship. That is what you do as a leader. You you motivate the guys. They're all there to win a championship. Uh, but Ke- Kevin Durant, I. I just think that he is going to have a hard time getting out of Brooklyn, and Brooklyn's going to have a hard time finding a team that they want to move for, move him for. Now, um, like I said, Boston could be the one of the the teams that could, but you would have to give up Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. That's just starting. You'd probably have to throw in at least six first rounders. Those two guys, maybe another player. Um, that would be the starting point. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of different. Uh, scenarios where he could end up on Phoenix. The only problem is they have uh, Ben Simmons, I believe, is on that team with his rookie deal. And because of a stupid rule, uh, you can't have multiple players on your team with one of their rookie max contracts, one of their first years. And so ultimately, they would probably have to give up uh, a Devin Booker uh, to get him. And Devin Booker's on his rookie deal. And you got to get 
you know, DeAndre Ayton signed. And they're not really interested in DeAndre Ayton, the Phoenix Suns, but he is going to be on the move for sure. So there's a lot of different moving components with this, and it's not as clear-cut as some people want it to be. He could end up here, he could end up there, but what is ultimately going to determine it is if the Brooklyn Nets find a deal that suits them. If they find that deal, he will be moved. But the Brooklyn Nets, they're not going to take, you know, anything. But they also have to be careful they're not talking themselves into keeping KD in this delusional idea that he is going to come around and play for them. There's a good balancing act here that the Brooklyn Nets are going to have to find. And then you got to switch it over to the Kyrie aspect of it. Uh, Kyrie wants out, and the only team that seems to want Kyrie are the Lakers. <laughs> so I think it's destined for Kyrie to end up on the Lakers. I 100% believe he will be there, whether it's at the beginning of the year or in the middle of the year. One way or the other, he is going to get to... LA to play with LeBron again. Um, but there's 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 no easy way out for Kevin Durant, you know. You got to be careful what you wish for and what he what he wished for early on was to not be on a team with Steph, Draymond and Clay. He wanted it to be his team and he hitched his wagon to Kyrie and you see what happens when you hit your wagon hit your wagon to Kyrie. Now, do I think Kyrie is somebody good to this I think Excuse me. Do I think it's good if Kyrie comes and plays with LeBron and hitches his wagon to LeBron? Yes, that's the kind of player Kyrie is. He could hitch himself to a good player and play with him. Now, the player has to be a strong leader like LeBron is to make it work. It can't be a Kevin Durant. But no doubt, Kyrie does work in that building with LeBron over Russell Westbrook. It'll work. Plug him in, it's going to work. So... If you're the Lakers, you got to dip into the luxury tax. You got to move those first rounders. You got to move Westbrook. You got to get him there with AD and LeBron. I don't care what, what you, who you sign after or what you got to do. You just got to make that happen because that'll that'll improve the Lakers' chances. They'll be favorites. They they just will. Crazy times in the NBA. Uh, players are moving around like crazy, and you got to think that if one of these teams wants to reach out and get Kevin Durant. Uh, in the West, the West just gets better every year. Now, we're starting to see the East kind of rise up and get better and better and better, but the West just seems to dominate every year, and it's because they have these key players and key pieces. Whoever gets Kevin Durant is going to have to build around him very quickly because you have the Clippers that are coming back. Golden State's feeling you know, motivation. They're coming back. The Phoenix Suns are mad. They're going to bring their squad back if they don't get Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, the Utah Jazz are rebuilding, so they're not really a focus. Um, Portland's not really in the mix either. But, you know, the Lakers are still there and the Clippers. So you got to reload here. And if you're a Western team that can give up a lot of players and afford to do it, you may have to take the plunge and go get KD if the price is right. Again, if the price is right. Uh, so far, I've not been impressed with what I've seen from KD. I don't know what the the hype is about right now. Uh, I don't I don't think he's the kind of player you should give up all these players and assets for. Uh, he signed a four year deal. If I'm Brooklyn, uh, I'm gonna play a little bit of hardball. Um, but if I could get at least three first rounders and two, three, you know, maybe five decent players, that's what I'm taking. 
um, from Brooklyn because they gave up a lot in the Ben Simmons, uh, James Harden trade. You know, they both these teams, Philadelphia and the Brooklyn Nets, put themselves in very difficult positions for the future. So if there's a chance to recoup some of those assets, you have to take that chance if you're the Brooklyn Nets. It's it's not a bad thing either. You can get your first rounders back. You can move these players. Um, do, where do I see Kevin Durant most likely ending up? I mean, you could take your pick with so many teams. Where I could see Kevin Durant most likely going, and this this would involve a a trade that could get a little messy. You'd have to involve a third team. I could see him ending up in Dallas. Now, again, I think Donovan Mitchell would have to be on the move to make this trade work. In return, Nets would get a certain amount of players, you know, Donovan Mitchell, this and that. Um, the Jazz would get picks from, you know, definitely the Dallas Mavericks would have to switch it up and give their picks just pretty much to both teams for this to work and some of their better players. So do I see that happening? No. Do I think it's the most likely scenario? I do I could see him fitting there very well in Dallas. I think that would be uh, very appealing to Kevin Durant to play along Luka because Luka is the catalyst for that team. Um, he's going to get the ball. Durant's there to, you know, in my opinion, help him out. <laughs> uh, so interesting times in the NBA ahead. It really makes you wonder what uh, the Lakers are going to do too because if they see all these teams reloading, who are they going to sign? Because even if they get Kyrie Irving, you will need a good team around him and LeBron because they haven't even signed too many people. So they're going to need at least, you know, a couple key role players. And so that that's going to have to happen after they would sign Kyrie Irving. Um, I, I don't see Kyrie Irving finishing this year with the Nets, regardless of what happens with KD. I think that ship has sailed they're going to move him before the season or you know before the all-star break he'll he'll be on the lakers one way or the other I, I think it's over in brooklyn for Kyrie, and i think it's over in brooklyn for kevin durant and i don't think i think kevin durant you know i really do think he's that player i still think he can give you strong contributions of course he can he can get up in the 20s and average in the 20s but i just don't think he's got the the x factor uh, like he used to and so it'll be very interesting to see times ahead in the NBA. Um, it seems like this offseason with the NFL and NBA, it just never really slowed down. <laughs> it, it seems like we had the draft, and then we got free agency, and then we had all the Aaron Rodgers drama, then we had the Tom Brady coming out of retirement, Aaron Donald re-signed. Uh, one, one thing after the other, it, it truly seems like this NFL, this NBA offseason, both have been crazy active. Um, you know, the NFL is always spinning around. <laughs> we are getting close to training camp. We are getting close to some of these teams. Uh, all the players are reporting. Uh, we're getting more of a, a look at the, the power rankings as we see these teams and the moves they are making. And it's becoming a little bit clearer who is going to have the, the better seasons. There's still quite a bit uh, that needs to be figured out still with some of these teams but the, the Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers came to a trade and that trade involves Baker Mayfield they are sending Baker Mayfield to the Panthers so some of his uh salary will be converted into you know incentives to facilitate the trade but I think 
I think this trade will come back to haunt the Browns. Now I'm going to just say it. Baker Mayfield has some fighter in him. That is a well-known fact about Baker Mayfield. The guy transferred. He fought for the jobs that he got. He was a walk-on. He won the Heisman. He's first overall pick. But he got there because of his scrappiness and his willingness to play and be that guy. Now, things have not gone so smoothly in the NFL for him. But his rookie year, he was really good. 27 touchdowns. That year, when Odell got hurt and he led his team to the playoffs and won a playoff game against the Steelers, he was pretty good. He only threw three interceptions, I think, to 20 touchdowns in the game, in the final games. I forget if it was eight games or nine games, something like that, a stretch. He was playing well. He was playing well. And then, of course, he gets hurt. Look, he got hurt. That happens. He he played. He showed his toughness. I think everyone needs to lay off the Baker Mayfield hate um, quit calling him a bust. I, we have to determine what a bust is if we're going to talk about a bust. So is a bust every first-round pick who doesn't do well? Or is a, you know, Hall of Famer? Well, then we have, like, 30 busts. <laughs> you know, we have we have a lot of busts in the NFL then. we these, these guys that go first overall, yes, they are there to change the culture and the mentality of the team. But if Trevor Lawrence was to come out and, you know, have up-and-down seasons with the Jacksonville Jaguars and not really find his groove, we would just say, yeah, he went to, he went to the Jags. <laughs> you know, he, he, that, that just happens when you're on the Jaguars. But because it's Baker Mayfield and because he's put himself out there and he does commercials and he's got more of a cocky mentality, everyone will call him a bust. Yeah, my guy was a bust, but he wasn't a bust. He's not a bust. We need to stop that. He has played great football on a dysfunctional Browns team uh, that, in my opinion, is the biggest joke of an NFL franchise because they say for one minute they want an adult head quarterback and then they go out and sign Deshaun Watson, who has 66 um, women alleging him of sexual misconduct and 24 that press charges. Now, he's since settled 20 of them, but there's still four, and he hasn't settled on those. And so you go out and you get that guy, and you say, that guy is going to be the adult of our franchise. That doesn't make any sense. I, I don't want to hear that he had, you know, an abundance of weapons. Um, <laughs> I I just, he, he did have a lot of weapons, but he had good running backs. He had decent tight ends. I, I don't get the, the fascination with the tight end thing. Um, where are those guys right now? I don't know. You tell me. So if you if you're an amazing tight end, you can overcome a quarterback. Uh, you can make those catches. You can get open. We see that all the time with great uh, tight ends. Uh, but beside that point, everyone blames Baker. Uh, I don't believe there are Cleveland fans out there that blame Baker. I think there are still Cleveland fans. Excuse me. That see the writing on the wall that this team is the essence of dysfunction. I know dysfunction, like I've said before, but when you go out and you pay a guy who hadn't played in a year, who has 66 women accusing him, could get suspended a whole year, so you go out and you give him the most money guaranteed ever for a quarterback, and ever, in the history of the NFL, you go out and you guarantee him that money. You then not only do that, but to a slap in the face to all the women that are involved in this trial, you then push all the money he's guaranteed back beyond this year. You're paying him only a million of the 230 million this 
year. <laughs> you've pushed everything back to the back years. So you've in turn uh, told the, the women, you know, it doesn't matter. We're trying to win football. None of that matters. But it does matter. In the end, it does matter. That is called culture, Cleveland. If you have culture, then this stuff matters. When you don't have culture, when you don't uh, care so much, when you're just whatever, uh, get the best player to win, it doesn't work out. Remember the Philadelphia Eagles team where they had like Vince Young and all them all-stars, and the guy was like, yeah, we got all all-stars. He's like, we got, we got a... Uh, Looks like we got an all-star team on this team. That's what we are. And they had a lot of all-stars, but there wasn't any culture there. They lost. <laughs> they did terrible that year. You can have the best players, but if you don't have good bones in that franchise, you will not win. You just won't. It's all got to start with good bones. And the Cleveland Browns have shown time and time again they're willing to knock down the whole house and rebuild it with still the terrible, shaky foundation that that team has they're willing to keep rebuilding the house but they're not willing to change the materials or use different materials they're still going to use sticks and you know brush and rocks and whatever they can find on the ground they're not they're not willing to build that that house upright so until they do this team will still be the essence of dysfunction and I, I can't say too much more on it because I think Baker will have a great year in Carolina now let's get into one of my favorite segments in the podcast that we started doing, the highs and lows. What I found to be high and what I found to be uh, really low. I mean, I dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my nano. That means you have to know the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. <laughs> and thank you for that introduction, Archie. Always a pleasure. The high of the week, that's what we're going to start out with. The high of the week is the Raiders making history, hiring the first woman to be team president of the organization. Uh, loved seeing it, the diversity in that franchise. Uh, the Raiders, there's the Raiders have been an up and down franchise for so long, so it, it's nice to see that the they're branching out. Um, so congratulations to uh, Douglas Morgan. So good, good for the Raiders. Uh, the low of the week that I saw. The Brooklyn Nets, we're starting out our theme with. That's the low of the week. They've just had so much dysfunction. It's not worked out. It it seems that the management really screwed up the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden experiment. It, it's been downhill for them ever since. If you're a Nets fan, you really have to look forward to the reboot. That is no doubt coming. They will get a lot of picks. They'll get a lot of future picks. And hopefully it works out for them. But as far as if this team has a bright future, it has a future. I don't know if it's bright. Because you still have Ben Simmons. <laughs> and Ben Simmons hasn't played in a long time. Who knows if he's the same player. You could end up, if I was the Nets, I would look at blowing the whole thing up. Maybe trying to restructure Ben Simmons' contract or move him potentially as well. The three guys move them, find deals. Uh, reinvest in the future a little bit and you know you're not going to be a great team but what we saw this last year in the NBA is you can win without three superstars you can win with a good team and good team chemistry and a good coach maybe let Steve Nash uh, coach that team this coming year with uh, guys that he wants to coach with not superstars with big heads see if he can pull something out of the young guys 
and see if that works because the the Brooklyn Nets the the experiment has failed and it's, it's really sad to see but um, hopefully all sides get what they want hopefully Kyrie gets on his team Kevin gets on his team James Harden's reworked his deal hopefully he can make a run at a championship but all in all when you look at where this team could have gone it, it, it's no doubt a disappointment and I, I, I kind of hold all sides accountable for this. I think every side uh, could have done better. They just all could have done better in handling the situation. Just dysfunction on so many different levels. So that that's probably my low of the week. But all in all, it's been a great, great few weeks for the sports world. Sports news has been coming out. Uh, people are getting ready to make their predictions for the NFL Week 1. I'm not there quite yet. Still a lot of moving parts I have to see. Um, who do I think is going to win the Carolina Panthers starting QB job? It's going to be Baker Mayfield. Do I think he'll get a Week 1 victory against the Browns? Yes, I do. <laughs> now, do I think Sam Darnold will make a run at it and try and you know edge him out as the starter for Week 1? Yes, it's going to be a quarterback competition. That's what they have to say. But I think Cam's on his way out. I think they could potentially look at moving Darnold uh, with Baker there. I think that would be the smart move. I, I, I could see some pushback from the coaches on if Sam should be the guy to go ahead and finish the season out and start the 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 year four via the Carolina Panthers. Excuse me. Hopefully though Baker can win that job and you know I I think I think Baker Mayfield would be the best starter for that team give them the highest ceiling of performance that they could have because that division I mean you know you got you got the Saints you got uh, Atlanta and my gosh my brain's not working I can't even think of the other team Uh, but uh, oh it's Tampa Uh, that that division's a a little bit tougher for uh, the, the Carolina Panthers but Hey, Baker can win. Baker's walked on to two organizations and won the starting job. And and I think he's going to walk on to this uh, situation and win the job because I think when Baker has his back pushed up against the wall, I think that's when he comes out and he's uh, one of the best competitors in the NFL. So the Carolina Panthers, they have a lot to figure out in a short amount of time because, like I said, we're almost we're going to be in August for too long, and you got to start looking at preseason, and then we got the season starting, and you have to make sure all your ducks are in a row when it comes to having these pieces in place. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think he's going to be a stable running back for Baker Mayfield if he can stay healthy. He's going to have that uh, extra weapon there. He's got a Robbie Anderson and wide receiver. That that wide receiver room is decent. I think Baker will make it work. I think that's a lot of guys because if you look at Baker when he's played with superstar names, he's forced the ball to Odell. I feel like sometimes he forced the ball to Jarvis Landry. But I think when you look at if he is playing with you know guys that aren't superstars, like when Odell got hurt and he started moving the ball around more, he did really well. So I think if you're Baker Mayfield, you fall into that position and you just want to, you know, spread the ball around and be the best quarterback you can be. There's no more pressure. The Browns organization is dysfunctional. Now, Carolina's got its issues. Carolina's not the poster child for functionality and, you know, stability because they've changed owners. The owner has shown that he's impulsive. The coach, who knows 
what the coach has in mind because he liked Darnold. Uh, he traded for him. Now Ben McAdoo's coming back. Ben McAdoo called Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, undraftable the year Ben McAdoo took a year off from coaching the Giants, and and Baker was um, drafted. He he had his critiques of Baker, and now he's calling the offense for Baker. So <laughs> a lot of moving pieces in both situations, but ultimately I think Baker will get that Week One victory if he's starting for Cleveland, just because he is that competitor, and if he's starting for. Uh, the Carolina Panthers, and they play the Cleveland Browns, which they will opening week of the NFL opening weekend, then he will get that win. And the the Browns, you know, they'll have Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun may be suspended. So I don't know if you got to start looking at all different avenues for how this could play out for Deshaun Watson, because this could bite the Browns in the butt. It really could. You took a chance on a guy that has this many issues. And if he doesn't get a year max, there is going to be pushback. And like I said before, you can't build a culture on that if you're Cleveland. Can't do it. Um, I should know because Washington Commanders can't build a culture to save their life. So I, I, I'm looking forward to watching this next NFL season because I think Baker's going to show out and put up numbers. And I think he could prove Cleveland Browns fans wrong. And I hope he does. I really hope he does. And the Cleveland Browns organization. I think people in Cleveland like Baker Mayfield. I don't think everyone in, in Cleveland hated Baker Mayfield. I think they liked the commercials. <laughs> they liked uh, how funny he was, charismatic. Um, I don't think that people hated him as much as the media uh, pushed that narrative uh, on him. So, no doubt we'll see what happens. But overall, can't wait to watch it play out. Can't wait to watch more of the NFL offseason, NBA offseason. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Uh, hit that subscribe, leave a review. Uh, hit me up on all my social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And uh, be sure to listen next week, guys. Have a good one.